0: The One Story is TS Studio's weekly podcast series, where we narrate this model's long-form features at the intersection of health, gender, and culture. How Representation in Horror Films Create Space for Our Most Urgent Fears by Rohita Narahi This article was published on this model on August 13, 2022. Perhaps the most genre-defining scene in the history of horror films is one from The Exorcist, in 1973. In it, 12-year-old Regan grabs a crucifix and violently penetrates herself with it, her voice nightmarishly distorted, her mouth spewing blasphemous words. It is a gruesome thing to witness, representing a fear that is almost too unspeakable the chastity of a little girl on the verge of puberty, forcibly taken from her by a demonic entity. The scene speaks to how the horror film genre has always been an archive of our deepest, darkest fears, recording society's id and its changing story. There's arguably no better way to know ourselves than to know what we collectively fear the most. In The Exorcist, The opening sequence features soundscapes and visuals evoking the Arab Other. The demon here is a hypersexual statuette found amid the unknown desert sands in northern Iraq. In Regan's Possessed Body, Western society saw what it feared the most about its own sweet 12-year-old girls, their sexual purity being threatened by two things, the loss of faith and the absence of a father figure. Subsequently, whatever happens to Reagan is an indirect result of the unthinkable consequences of eroding institutions, like the nuclear family, Christianity, and the gender roles that accompany both. Since its inception, the stylistic elements of horror cinema have changed, but broader themes remain centred on the feelings of a universal individual who is meant to stand in for humanity as a whole and how they responded to the crises of their times. Sometimes, it was the fear of the radioactive fallout from nuclear war. Others, it was fears of the red, the communist, perverted and depraved other who threatened the American way of life. Alien and Invasion of the Body Snatchers are examples of these, where horror blends in with sci-fi to encompass largely reactionary fears about outsiders. The question at the heart of the genre then is whose fears exactly do these films represent? A return to the status quo was always the movie's end, the monstrous entities defeated, peace once again returning. In other words, the status quo was preferable, peaceful, placid, and always under the shadow of something uncanny. And while these fears are supposedly universal, It is only the already privileged for whom an upset in the status quo is the most frightening thing imaginable. For others, this upset is just what is needed. The anxieties of the cis-het Christian white men these films portrayed thus inevitably revolved around the loss of control. But for many others, the status quo was never peaceful. It was in fact the horrific, the terrifying, and the abject. There looms within abjection one of those violent, dark revolts of being, directed against a threat that seems to emanate from an exorbitant outside or inside, ejected beyond the scope of the possible, the tolerable, the thinkable, notes philosopher Julia Kristeva in Powers of Horror, An Essay on Objection. Overwhelmingly, women have been the subjects of horror. They have been entered, stabbed, cut up, killed, eaten, and even worn in a string of films that, in representing the anxieties around the female body, ended up torturing it. For a long time, it seemed like there were only two possibilities for women in horror. A restoration to the status quo, or an irreversible, horrific change. Women's bodies were then fertile ground for not only representing conservative fears but also expressing their consequences. But over the years, the way we as a culture began to imagine women's bodies itself has undergone a shift. Even as overtly anti-establishment politics declined, the last two decades have seen a shift in what we considered political. Marginalised bodies, their experiences, and their location in the societal feeding chain have all become live buyers of the cultural conversation, forever changing what was once taken for granted. In 2020, right in the aftermath of the Me Too movement and Time's Up, an overall cultural reckoning with violence, power and sex, there came The Invisible Man, an HG Wells classic retold to represent the horror of gaslighting. Incidentally, the term itself came from Gaslight, a 1944 movie, but it acquired the catharsis it needed with the invisible man simply for the way that female protagonists are subjects of horror without being objects of it. The protagonist, Cecilia, is subject to torment the way many women in horror are, but the villain isn't just one bad man or demon. It's an entire institutional setup built to not believe women a nuance that few other films in the past have ventured to incorporate. In being forced to navigate a culture of disbelief at women's stories, Cecilia's horror becomes ours. We don't simply watch her, but we experience it, painfully aware of what she's going through. Other modern movements like Black Lives Matter were, in comparison to their counterparts from the 1960s and 70s, more focused on enacting cultural shifts than political ones. They began conversations outside the formal seats of power, where everyone is accountable and beholden to introspect their own identities and privileges. Then a cultural reckoning, the enemy wasn't external, but within. It could even be ourselves, not as individuals, but as identities with histories of power. And so it came to be that horror began to depict domestic violence, as with the invisible Man within the larger context of utter alienation by a system contrast this with the shining from 1963 a masterpiece in its own right where a man's descent into madness is depicted through the way he terrorizes his wife and son but from his perspective rather than hers the story of horror's revival and its inversion of the uncanny is incomplete without jordan peel's get out a film where evil is white supremacy and the birth of the nation that is America. It contains all the elements of horror that disturb us with one fundamental difference. The horror isn't the future, it's the present, and more importantly, the distant past. Us, from 2019, similarly holds a mirror up to America, showing its own dark double back to itself and exposing the hypocrisies of the exalted stories it told about itself and its progress. The genre as a whole moved from cinematic representations of abstract fears to critique with a capital C, asking us to re-examine what we think we fear and showing us what we should fear instead. This arguably paved the way for more indie explorations of fear that would not have been as feasible earlier. In 2020, amid the height of tensions around immigration and Brexit, there was his house a film about immigration from the immigrant's point of view. It is as horrific, surreal, and elevated as any other's representing fears around invasion. And yet, rather than sympathizing with those who fear the other, the other's fears cast whiteness itself in an unfamiliar, uncanny light. In other words, where whiteness was formerly the point of view, it has now started to get appended into something grotesque. Alongside films that explored and subverted identities like whiteness and masculinity, there are also those that have begun to explore inequality and class in new ways. Parasite in 2020 was one that shot to mainstream success for depicting inequality in ways that make aspiration, wealth, and even the polite benevolence of wealth turn malevolent. They are nice because they are rich, observes Chung Sook in the film. If The Exorcist was the archetypal possession story involving a mother and a daughter, Under the Shadow from 2016 is its own resurgence as its own uncanny double. A Persian language film set in Tehran in the 1980s, it shows a mother and a daughter caught in a cat-and-mouse game with a jinn who tries to possess the daughter. Here too are absent fathers, atheist mothers, and a malevolent spirit. But the spirit here comes from a missile, a manifestly more modern location for it to reside. The context is, contrary to the placid suburban bliss of the exorcist, a war zone and the PTSD that comes from living in one. That any of these films achieved the mainstream success they did isn't a fluke or a coincidence, but signals a shift in our greater political consciousness too. With the help of social justice movements turning the gaze back into society, horror films began to reflect our own darkness back to us rather than seeking the scares from elsewhere. Still, the blockbuster hits that had to do with religious possession remain a staple with the conjuring and insidious franchises, both haunting stories of yore and ultimately conservative at their core. Even as evil itself has begun to change, These films serve as reactionary throwbacks to the misogyny that lies lurking in the depths of faith-based horror. But rather than being the mainstream, the success of these franchises can now be read as outliers, even loving homages to the old guard of horror, even as the landscape shifts. When the people who were formerly othered are telling the stories, the stories point to the audience's sensibilities and aren't afraid of placing the blame for misery and terror where it ought to be. The present crop of horror films then force us to re-examine what abjection is. Is it us, or is it the state of the world itself? With more diverse people telling the story of our times, it quickly becomes obvious that it isn't what wakes us up, but what keeps us up at night that congeals into the darkness we are so terrified to confront. This podcast is brought to you by TS Studios, the production company that brings the Swaddles' creative point of view to original podcasts and films.